Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 6, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat as we continue our discussion over the lore of Mercury. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who have signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. Uh, Green has actually has the night off, so we're going to jump directly to our person in the hot seat as guest co-host our good friend snake 231k snake how are you doing tonight i'm doing very well thank you for having me all right well i just we're just gonna jump right into it um i know at the end of the intro session we mentioned the infinite forest and how we were going to talk quite a bit about it uh well you know that's really because for the vast majority of stuff on mercury it all takes place within the infinite forest. Um, yeah, almost exclusively. Yeah, I, th- I know there's like the public event and mm-hmm. the lost sector, and that's it. <laughs> Mercury I, I, was I'm like there's patrols, but I don't really ever consider patrols. Like, I mean, I, I the patrols happen outside, but mm-hmm. I mean, the meat of what happens is either in the infinite forest, or well, I guess currently you also have the sundial now, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, for like the adventures, at least. So, you know, like the three adventures that we have are the runner, the up and up, and then bug in the system. And the cool thing about the adventures, at least for me, like, I mean, A, I actually kind of like running the uh, adventures. You get uh, a nice view of what exactly the Vex are kind of playing around with inside the Infinite Forest. But there's actually something a lot deeper that you actually get to see, and that is exactly what the vex are playing around with in the infinite forest um each one of these adventures is focused specifically on one of the other enemy races they are not focused on guardians they are not anti um risen like they are not focusing on them at all they are actually focusing on figuring out various ways of gaining advantages over the other species that they are in uh, they are in competition with in our gal or in our uh, system um Mm -hmm. And so, like, with, like, the first one, the runner, we see the figure of Valis Trod proxim, or, uh, proxy. Um, and basically, as you go through this, this is the one where you have to chase him through the chase him through the little labyrinth. Um, as you chase him through, you find that the Vex are actually using this simulation. And all of these are simulations because that's, I mean, I guess let's back up real quick. The Infinite Forest is what's referred to as a probability machine. Um everything that happens within the infinite forest is a simulation. Uh, that being said, it is, you know, it is akin to the matrix and it's a, it's something that if you die inside the infinite forest, you die in reality. Um, Mm -hmm. that's just why you have to be careful. Uh, but 
everything that is going on is a probability, which is why you have areas called the simulant past, the simulant future, and the simulant present. Um, they are based on data points. They are simulating what is most likely going to be the case for either the future or the present, and then they can also manipulate. Basically, they have a historical record of the past, but they can manipulate the present to find out the most advantageous future for themselves. And that is the entire point of the infinite forest, which is why it's such a big deal when we take it away from them, because mm-hmm. that is a huge blow to the Vex. I mean, I, I don't know if we've actually really seen any character in game kind of really acknowledge just how much of a blow to the Vex losing losing exclusive control like they still have some control over the infinite forest but like losing control over the infinite forest has done quite a bit of damage to their ability to predict stuff they already were having trouble predicting guardians because of what's referred to as paracausality which is basically the ability of a guardian to sidestep causality within reality um so we are very difficult for them to calculate probability the probability of specific actions because we are in and of ourselves not bound by causality, which is a problem for the Vex. They can't, it's a, it's an undefined variable that they can't define basically. Um, And then on top of that, we took away their calculator. So they're, they're having to figure out (laughs) massive amounts of code and calculus level, you know, mathematic equations. And we took away their calculator and gave them an abacus like that. It's just, they, they're just, they're not happy with us right now. As uh, my elementary school teachers used to say, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket. Well, you <laughs> the know. just found out that that's true. <laughs> um, so in the runner, uh, this is the one where, again, we're, we're chasing Valis Trod through. And basically the introduction of the whole thing is they, they've embedded a particular code into Val- this, this proxy. Um, and they're trying to figure out what like what the cabal do and the reason why they're doing this is they're actually developing a code for what's referred to as a hybrid phage to decimate the cabal um you uh phage might be a term that kind of perks people's ears up in destiny 2 because we have a gun that is referred to as the xenophage um a phage is basically a microorganism that is basically designed to completely obliterate a certain thing um, so they are developing a hybrid phage, which is a, a hybrid being both organic and mechanical, similar to the Vex themselves. They're developing this code for this phage that then they can release and destroy the cabal from within. That's what we're interrupting when we stop the runner, which is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It gets more interesting because when we then go to the next adventure is called the Up and Up. And this is an is this an adventure in which we are predominantly fight, facing the fallen, and the the big bads in this particular adventure are the figures known as the rear guard commander and the cash defender. Um, and here, this is and I want to say the up and up is the one with the platforms that you have to jump all over the place, and it's really annoying. Um, I do believe so. But in the up and up. As we get through, it's similar concept. We jump in, and I think it's Segura is like they're doing blah blah blah, and you know, go you know, go wreck their shop. And it's like, all right, we're bull in a china shop. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we run in and we break it all up, and we find out that basically they are 
the Vex are simulating how best to run a offensive assault on Nessus to eradicate the fallen from the system. So that so so we interrupt their plans on that too. So we've now single-handedly disrupted and in a way saved the Cabal and the Fallen mm-hmm. uh, from the Vex. The third and the final adventure that we face with Mercury is Bug in the System. And as you can kind of probably tell right now, this one is focused mostly on the Hive. Um, now this one is the one that gets kind of gross in a way uh the proxy that we fight here is the the big bad that we fight here is called the herald of savathun proxy um and basically what the vex are doing is they're passively monitoring the hive as they go through mutations so that then they can catalog the hive mutations in real time for advantages in reality so they've basically taken the hive program them into the infinite forest and are calculating how they mutate in response to different threats so that then they can use that information to predict which mutations they're going to face in reality and basically stay a step ahead of the hive mutations. So when we go into the bug in the system and we break that probability process, we actually inadvertently are giving the hive back an advantage over the vex. So we've now with the adventures actually helped our enemies it's the it's the enemy of our enemy is a friend like a mm-hmm. question mark like the enemy of my enemy of my enemy of my enemy is our friends <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's but i always i found like when i was going through the the transcripts over on ishtar for these these particular adventures i was like hang on a second like i, I it took i i read through them a couple times because i was like like wait a minute we actually are we are actually in a weird way turning around and helping the fallen, the cabal and the hive in, in mm-hmm. messing up the vex, which is funny given what we were just talking about with the fallen. Being like, <laughs> yeah. I feel bad about it. Well, you know, we helped them a little bit here, but mm-hmm. I think bug in the system. That's the one where you end up with the, you end up underneath. Isn't that the one where you end up and you have to stop the thrall from running into the beacon? Yes, uh, okay. it's in the simulant future, and yeah, you basically just gotta capture the flag or yeah. king of the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are the adventures. Uh, we didn't get any new adventures with the introduction of the sundial or the particular. I, I don't think we have any new adventures just yet. There, we did get introduced. Obviously, with the sundial, we got introduced to the corridors of time, uh, which are. You know, they again, that's you can do probably an entire series of episodes on the concept of the corridors of time um, because of the implications of how they correlate with the connection or how they connect and interact with the vault of glass um, Mm -hmm. and all that. Uh, Signal law or signal and signal light legends lost is the other quest, and I think that's the one. Is that the one where we actually... Or no, that's the one where we confirm um, that we can find Saint-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what leads to the uh, the quarters of time. Sorry, I'm trying to remember that one real quick. Um, mm-hmm. The other quest that really stands out is the Sunbreaker quest that I think you were, ta- you were talking about being one of your favorite ones. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that one that one's from back in taken king if i remember that one uh, yes yeah it was the uh, the introduction of the solar subclass uh during yeah, the taken king expansion and uh yeah it just took you to um 
I feel like the like first non lighthouse uh, quest that kind of took place. I mean, on a Mercury cruise map, but still, just the they they took a uh, what would be a blank slate and actually turned it into uh, a, a deeper narrative behind the curtain as to you know a brand new order of titans who have actually harnessed uh, solar um, light. And I think I believe it's the the Vex. You know, they they I think it's a theory that the Vex brought you there to kind of like make you stronger in order to fight the Taken King, something along those lines. But just mm. that mission itself, having having uh, brought up on a history, you know, in an instant uh, to, to manifest this into an explosive hammer, um, just the pose and the sun behind you, and just seeing your Titan glisten with the solar fire. It's just, that was a really, really good way to introduce a new power. And yeah, to this day, just the, 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 the sheer, the, the constant supers, um, while she's talking over your shoulder about why, you know, <laughs> the Sunbreakers are as cool as they are. Um, yeah, it was just a fantastic introduction into uh, the, the trifecta of uh, elemental powers. I think, yeah, I mean, like, to be fair, I think all of the Taken King subclass quests, like, the the Hunter one was really cool because we got uh, to actually, like, interact with Tevis and hear mm-hmm. his story. Uh, we get the you know, Sunbreaker one, which had some really cool cinematic. Like when you first summon the the hammer, it was like just like the coolest cinematic. And uh, uh, I'm a I'm a glutton for like blacksmithery. So when yeah, you, okay. Every yeah. time you pull that hammer and you hear like the, the hammer hitting the, the anvil, tings. just you're ready. You're ready. There's a reason we call you guys Tink Tinks. Like <laughs> <laughs> you hear that thing and you just run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then like the warlock one, I, I remember doing the warlock one after Bife was like making fun of me for it. And I, <laughs> I finally did it and I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give you this. Like this one, this, it was like, cause you, it, the warlock one was like all about the meditation and you know, like getting that. And it was like each one, each one really did a really good job of, of kind of what you were just saying, like of like bringing home that idea of each of those classes, like the Titan, and the solar fire, the the hunter with the the bow, um, and then the warlock with like bottling the arc energy and like releasing it, and you know it was just like all of those were just they were very powerful, very powerful one. Yeah, when meditating Bungie in the eye comes of the storm. up with those like perfect curated moments, it's mm-hmm. there's nothing quite like it. Right. Yeah. And so this one, the, this was the bound by fire, the sunbreakers challenge. Uh, if I remember right, this was the first time we heard Oros. I don't think we'd heard or- Oros prior to this in game. I know we, I think we I knew think so. of her, but I don't know if we had ever heard her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, oh yeah, that's right, because we actually talked to Oros. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I forgot that was actually Ghost. Ghost actually talks to her. <laughs> yeah, I, the there's a, true. There, I don't know if I, this has been confirmed or not. I haven't been able to keep up on it, but I there apparently there was a, a difference in the way that she talks to you. Like when you first get there, it's supposed to be like she sounds younger, and then um, towards the end, I guess it sounds like she's an older woman. Like there's a difference in her voice. Oh, I guess really? it's supposed to be like a, a moment in time that they give you this oh, power. That's interesting. I'll have to but, yeah, I have yeah. to go look that one up. That's because that would be very interesting if that's the case with her. Because um, every every interaction with getting our new power, I believe, is coincided with the Vex actually like being the main antagonist in those missions. That's true. Because Tevis was in the garden. Mm-hmm. Here we were on, or uh, the Sunbreaker was on Mercury. 
And I'm trying to... I know, like, the final mission for the Warlock was technically on Mars, but yeah. we were bottling arc energy. So, we were... I mean, we were fighting Vex. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's, inter- that's an interesting idea. Yes, like, it's the kind of stuff like that that keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I like it. I, I'm I'm just I'm cur- I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole now. That's gonna be an interesting <laughs> one. This is why this is why I love talking about this type of stuff. Um, Absolutely. I mean, like I mean, that's the thing is like that's a D one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. coming back right now. Um, so let's see. Let's talk about missions real quick. Uh, missions in Curse of Osiris. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Uh, before we started recording um really i mean missions especially the curse of osiris missions were really just a way to introduce the the social space of mercury there was there was i mean there was there was definitely a story being told um but it was really like the gateway was really hey this is the infinite forest you know like you have to go and you you basically same thing that you always do when you first get into social space. You have to head to the waypoint, fight the enemies, open it up, defend the lighthouse, blah, 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 blah. Um, jump off the edge and kill yourself. Yeah, do that again. <laughs> um, and then you then you jump over to, and then basically within the Curse of Osiris, we were also concurrently with everything going on in Mercury, we were also trying to save Sagira, which involved a really weird possession of our ghost, which has only led to like some of the best commentary during strikes. Like mm-hmm. I love the arguments that her and ghost get into because ghost doesn't remember doing things that we did with Sagira. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he doesn't like it either. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I, so, uh, but yeah, so like, and so then that was a deadly trial was when we went and we had to find the secret temple of Osiris or the followers of Osiris, uh, but beyond infinity was basically, we went back to Mercury after, after we got, uh, Sagira and she took over ghost ghost, we went back to Mercury and we actually went into, um, the infinite forest. And this was actually when we ran into Panoptes. Um, and then we got kicked out because Panoptes was super powerful at that point, and that kicked us back over to Deep Storage, which is where we find a map of the Infinite Forest, and then Hijacked, which was, I think that one was also on Nessus, if I remember right, because that was the one, yeah, Nessus was when we actually stole the map, because I think, was it Io? Yeah, Io was the one where Sagira sneaks us into the Pyramidian, and everyone's like, what? Like, she's mm-hmm. like, nah, we're not fighting those people. <laughs> just, just go through the door, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a great one. Um, and then the last one from the Curse of Osiris was Omega, which is basically the, the, you know, knuckle dust with Panoptes with Osiris. Um, and that kind of wrapped up the particular storyline within those. We also did run the tree of probabilities and a garden world, um, as missions at the time, they would become strikes, which we kind of already talked about a little bit. Um, the tree of probability is where it's basically, um, I think it's Valus Thun, the Thun. It's the big dude (laughs) that jumps through the big laser thing. There's a reason that one of the emblems is called no more lasers is because like every room is filled with lasers and it is the funnest strike to mess up the cycle by killing him in the first 10 seconds because then you, you have to run through it's so funny like you, you can tell uh-huh. the system's like 
<laughs> Wait, what? you uh, you weren't supposed to. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think a garden world is the one where you get to basically climb the top, climb to the top of the tower. You find out that the princess is a different tower, so you have to beat Donkey Kong anyways. Um, and that's the one with the. I think it's just a cyclops. I don't know if the site does the cyclops have a name in that one. I can't remember. I wasn't it's Dendron. Dendron. That's right. That's right. That is yeah. Dendron. Okay. That's the root mind. So he's the mm-hmm. one who set this whole thing in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see. I think the only other really big one is this, the basically the season of dawn, which we'll get into. Let's take a, let's take a quick breather. Cause I know those, we ran through those really fast. Um, mm-hmm. Take a quick breather for an ad real quick. And we'll be right back. Are you worried you don't have all the answers? Have you ever found yourself in an internet rabbit hole? Call Call Mystery Mystery Time Time Live today! It's a new detective business. With plenty of heart. And a questionable track record. We're only in the office for an hour. Every Wednesday. Come hang out. Solve a mystery. It's a podcast. It's a live show. It's a swell time. Subscribe Subscribe now. now! The producers of Mystery Time Live have not taken advice for guidance of the host because they have no idea what they're doing. No mystery will actually be fully solved. And that's individualized for any of the source or sheer book. You can find them live on the Twitch app and find our podcast later on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. Listening may cause hurtful your death or loss of sanity. We are sorry. This is probably legally binding and you cannot do it. Okay, so like I said, we are going to talk really quick about Season of Dawn and then I want to actually go back and I just want to talk about Infinite Forest because, you know, that's that's what I signed up for for this whole thing. <laughs> Um, so season of Dawn, um, really honestly, season of Dawn was, Hey, let's go and save St. 14 because his boyfriend's lonely and he wants him back there. Okay. Let's talk about infinite forest now. Like (laughs) (laughs) I I would say probably one thing to go back on real fast is the, as bad as a rap as curse of Osiris gets. I think the Penaltis fight where you're teaming up with Osiris is probably, one of the cooler missions that they've ever had. Oh yeah, I do. I I do like that one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, it's it just the Infinite Force is such a cool concept too. Just yeah, it's a simulation engine just to see you know, oh you know what if we change the butterfly effect constantly? But you know you can't. We, how can we outthink our enemies? How can we you know make an extinction level event? It's it's like a the Vex are focusing on such like broad strokes. Yeah, and well, and I think I mean that's I think that's the the deceptiveness of the Vex and how they operate is like everyone. I mean, it's, it's the argument between time travel and reality hopping too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the concept of broad strokes is like they, they are not, I, I, I kind of want to double down on the fact that the Vex don't time travel. They, they jump from reality to reality until they find the manipulation of reality that is most advantageous to them mm-hmm. with the infinite forest and like the tree, like the tree of probabilities and like all these doubling downs of these particular, like even just names. Um, mm-hmm. You see that that is because the infinite forest is at the, at the, the base level. It is a probability um, I think it's referred to as a probability calculator in reality. Um, okay. And so like to kind of take a step into reality for two seconds, um, probability is a branch of mathematics that basically it's focused around 
predicting the probability of two events um, in opposition to what's called normal distribution. Uh, so it's like it basically takes numerical descriptions of how likely an event is to occur or how likely that, you know, a proposition is true. And then where you, you it's a binary output. So like your probability of event ends up being a number between zero and one where zero is absolute impossible and one is absolute certainty. So when you have a probability calculator, you have something that you insert a lot of data points into it and it calculates the probability of, you know, in the VEX's case, what they're trying to do is, hey, we want to win. That's the mm-hmm. that's the end goal of the VEX. They want to win. And so basically what they're trying to do is every data point that they put in, they want to bump that number that gets put out towards the one like it's again the binary system they want to bump it towards that that one so that there is no chance that they don't win so as they manipulate realities and as they blend realities because we see with like the ahamkara that that is possible you can cut you can basically cut and paste uh different pieces of realities into each other uh there is there is a difference between the vex and the ahamkara which i will mention i'm not going to go into because it's kind of a personal theory of mine in that the ahamkara smoosh realities together and the vex keep them separate but cut or cut and paste like they're like oh we like that copy paste into this one this this reality is pretty much foobar now but it's Mm -hmm. separate whereas the ahamkara literally are like hey and they like and that's the reason why wish dragons are so dangerous is they actually they're actually destroying in order to create and it's it's it, it there's only so many times you can compress things before it gets really bad um mm-hmm. that, that is a fantastic theory by the way that is something you've you've invoked that i like that that the, the concept that they're dealing with alternate timelines too with um uh the guardian that was on the almighty uh, yes trapped in the, yes well, because, um, I mean, that's where you kind of got the introduction to it, right? Is because with uh, the future war cult, they come out with a theory that the reason the ghost can't resurrect them is because in all realities, this is a, uh, I guess in Doctor Who, they refer to it as the fixed point in time. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a central point be- because of the nature of where that guardian is existing all realities are like anchored and like you can't grab another because he's not gone from this reality which mm-hmm. kind of doubles down to the idea of like another i'm trying to remember the the paradox but it's like the paradox of you can't have the same you can't basically exist in the same reality at the same time as another of yourself because you would create a it's a temp it's not a temporal paradox it's a existential paradox of some sort i can't remember the exact mm-hmm. name but like because, <laughs> well, yeah, and, but but it's basically like because he's not gone, you can't mm-hmm. like the ghost can't recreate him or not recreate him, but like bring another instance of him in because he's okay. not technically gone, but he's Ooh. not here. He's like he's like the Schrodinger's guardian, basically. Uh-huh. He's not dead. That's he's not alive. He's mm-hmm. just he's in the box, and we don't know. Like we can't observe whether or not he's dead or alive. So. I really hope they delve into that again because I mean that oh was I think, leading up to the whole Almighty event. I mean, I think almost every time I looked at uh, anything lore related, it's about that Guardian on the Almighty, about that oh, Guardian yeah. on the Almighty. And yeah, every, really everyone was really concerned about it. They're like, 
does anyone know what happened to this guardian? He was trying to do something good. Like, like, and just nope. looking up at all the missiles and being like, I hope he's okay. <laughs> the, the only thing that I came back with that I think when I got asked that was I was like, well, you know, maybe he's finally dead. Like, we could technically see, like, if we see anything, I mean, I'm hoping that it's like, oh, yeah, he finally died and, you know, the ghost was able to resurrect him finally you know because like basically destroying the almighty would theoretically destroy the time loop that he's trapped in or the time that sink that basically because like i guess my understanding of that whole situation was he was basically he was stuck in the the a black hole like it was mm-hmm. the equivalent of a black hole like it was just like this thing of like he was torn in two pot two realities basically where he existed but he didn't exist and it was just yeah God, I remember reading that card, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> that poor." Yeah. I, I love those those isolated stories that like everybody just gravitates towards. Um, oh, the, the entirety of the ghost stories uh, lore book was was so good. Like that's where mm-hmm. uh, Ghost Hunter, uh, the one that I mentioned with Cyril, came mm-hmm. from. Um, there was the uh, what was the the one where Don Quixote. There's the Don Quixote one where the the guardian was insane and he thought that uh, he was he he thought that his destiny was to destroy the dragon that slept inside the traveler and so his ghost is like yep nope you're 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 crazy we're gonna just uh-huh. not resurrect you <laughs> we're not gonna <laughs> let you do anything um, and then they had like the because that was where we also saw the fact that ghosts can leave their guardian. Um, mm-hmm. Because there was the warlord that the ghost abandoned uh, because she didn't agree with what he did. Um, we got the details for uh, Shin, actually. Uh, that was where we got the confirmation that Shin's guardian, or Shin is a guardian who was resurrected as a child, uh, which was a huge loophole within Shin's story, particularly because we never, knew, we never knew how he became a guardian. Because mm-hmm. one of the requirements is that you die. And it was mm-hmm. like all Guardians met that requirement except for Shin up until Ghost Stories. And then Ghost Stories book dropped and it was like, ah, okay, thank you, Tianchi, for, for fixing that particular confusion. Mm-hmm. And the, the, that is something I definitely hope that they expand upon so desperately is, you know, uh, you know how uh, does a Guardian come to be? How is the choosing process, you know, uh, is every guardian brought from a different reality so that they can continue in this universe? And so, like, it's 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 really cool. And like Shin's um, uh, origin story, if you will, is so wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Death, birth, and then growing up, and then you know, uh, continuing his life. Um, and I, I want to know so much more about you know what's the, what the traveler got in store for us. You know, what is the the, the real uh, the goal of the ghosts and stuff like that. Well, and that's, I mean, kind of plugging what we're going to be talking about next week with Singular Exeget. That's one of the um, one of the entries that Eris translates with the logographic uh, communications is she talks about the the debate of morality and um, she goes into a thought or a stream of consciousness about exactly why she thinks that guardians don't have memories of their first lives. And it's like, it's a really interesting, I think that was the, um, hang on, let me check. That was the, uh, 
oh no, which one was it? Contrast, the sixth entry. Contrast is okay. the one that I'm talking about there. Um, it's a really, really interesting. It's very. It's it's not like super long, but it's like it's interesting. You know, thought provoker to read because you're like, oh, okay, I see where you're going with this. Like this makes actually <laughs> makes sense. Um, cause she talks about, this is why the traveler doesn't talk to us is because of this and this and this. And, you know, it's actually not because it doesn't care. It's because it cares and it can't like, it can't do this without doing this. And that's why it doesn't do that. It's a mm-hmm. really interesting, uh, portrayal from, from Eris's perspective as to kind of exactly that, like what, what is going on with the traveler's inspiration for these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I, 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 I don't mean to keep getting off course here, but like um, the, the the contact from the darkness, you know, they're they're trying to say like you know um, there's a cell or protein in your body that you know if if it goes wild, it basically turns into cancer, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, but yeah. you know, just because it does that, I'm butchering it. I know I am. It's funny because I just talked about it, but like, is it evil because it does that, or yeah. you know, it's just a, a product of its nature? Yeah, because that was um, oh, which one was that? I think that was also con. I think it was con. No, I think that was protected. Protected mm-hmm. or eggshell, I think, is the one that she it like. She makes a comment about like, oh well, they're trying to make the argument that, um, oh, what was it? It was winter is not evil. Blah blah blah. Yes. And her her rebuttal to it was really well done. And I know I'm getting tangent onto this because I've been. <laughs> I I was actually I, that's actually the notes I was working on today, which is why mm-hmm. it's so fresh. But her t- her response to that is beautifully done because she basically goes, no, it's not evil, but we'd be idiots if we didn't prepare for it. Like, just because it's not evil doesn't mean that, A, bad things can't happen. Because mm-hmm. if you don't prepare for winter, you're going to die. Um, exactly. But that doesn't mean that you can't use wintercraft to prepare for winter. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole argument leading into the Beyond Light expansion, which is fascinating and yeah. i can't wait to see where next or uh, what tuesday of so by the time this comes out we'll have already experienced yep. it but the last week theoretically before they extended it mm-hmm. the last week of the season should i'm really excited to see where that goes that's crazy but, that everything got pushed back to for another oh, month yeah. well yeah. it's like i completely and that that's one of the things like i completely get it i don't i'm not upset about it but i i am curious how that's gonna i'm curious if they're gonna change the timeline of release for a Me couple too. things because like singular exeget was very very tightly it's this week this week this week there's 14 entries there's 14 weeks and mm-hmm. now there's i think there's what seven 16 17 weeks and so i'm like i'm cur- i'm just curious how that's gonna play out um mm-hmm. but talking about how things are gonna play out let's move back to the probability machine um so like probability generator like we were kind of talking about like you know probabilities of different components it, it it goes back to the idea that the vex are all about understanding what's referred to as the geometry of spaces um you see this back with the book of sorrows actually when the vex were actually introduced to arguably our reality albeit it was the sword realm of crota or no sword realm of oryx um because crota opened the hole into that sword realm when they first kind of I think it was described as clambered through they couldn't understand what was going on and so that's when they built the figure of Coria and that's where Coria actually came into existence was because Coria existed in order to 
comprehend and it in that existence was what allowed us or allowed the vex to understand that and then that led to the vex you know bootstrapping the concept of worship and then that led to the the creation of all these different things you had the different networks of the vex you had the different submines of the vex going different ways um you have mention of the vex transcending reality slash timelines and accessing ecumen databases to understand different things i mean like there's this huge different thing that the vex did back in d1 all that culmination comes into the vault of glass in the infinite forest um the vault of glass is we kind of talked about this in a, a episode or a couple episodes ago if i remember correctly the vault of glass is literally called the conflicts of time like it's it's the conflicts of where all these different slipstreams are brought together and are controlled through the form of atheon um which translates into atheon is still around like spoiler um we didn't get rid of him uh or it in the same way that we didn't get rid of panoptes because panoptes is we got rid of an instance of panoptes but in the same way that the undying mind is has to exist because if it didn't exist then there's a lot of things that would fall apart because it doesn't exist there's a there's like there there's paradoxes that would that would prevent the destruction of certain things um and there's those certain things are Panoptes, uh, Atheon. These different figures are literally controllers of these elements. So the Panoptes that exist currently is not the Panoptes that we destroyed. We destroyed Panoptes, mm-hmm. but Panoptes still still exist. And so mm-hmm. there there's a there's a few things going on there now. In taking and and wrenching the control away from the Vex of the Infinite Forest, we. We don't invoke a paradox, but we frustrate their their probability calculations to a sense that we now are entering variables into these these equations that are not beneficial to the VEX, which is why the VEX are constantly pushing back so hard to get the infinite forest. That's why with like the tree that that's actually I would I would posit this as a possible explanation of why we can run the same strike in the infinite forest over and over and over and over and over again because the vex are literally simulating over and over and over and over and over again attempts to take it back i can't say really cool concept actually yeah i can't say that for the other like i can't say that for like (laughs) sabathun's song and all these other things but like within the infinite forest there's actually an in-game 100 percent i i would argue 100 percent foolproof explanation as to why we can repeat adventures, quests, strikes, nightfalls, all of these things. We can repeat them within the infinite force because at the end of the day, they're simulations. Yeah. But they're simulations that have effect in reality in the sense that whoever is in control of the infinite forest is in control, like is in control of the actual forest, which is why when you run, I think it's, um, I want to say it's the garden world strike, but there's a call out from Osiris that he's like, Oh, like they like or no it's a segura segura made a com- makes a comment about um we just destroyed this we just took this apart they rebuilt it in like four days and like you know it's like <laughs> wait wait huh and she's like they're getting better at this and it's so we we are literally running loops of the same stuff and just constantly having to to shut them down <laughs> now that also explains with like reflections and echoes what they're doing because 
with the reflections of Osiris and the echoes or the reflections now, I don't think he does echoes any echoes anymore. I think the reflections are the ones he does now. They're basically trying to to travel all these probable paths and find in the same way that the Vex were trying to find a beneficial ending for the Vex, Osiris is trying to find a beneficial ending for humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's why Osiris would got in so much trouble because when put when push came to shove, Osiris was actually he said that he would prefer darkness over the convergence of the Vex because with darkness you at least had a chance that something would go wrong and that you could okay. actually fight. Whereas with the Vex, it's all it's it's all Binary. so it's all so minuscule minutely calculated mm-hmm. that if they actually achieve convergence, it will be absolute convergence. Like there there yeah. is no room for anything to kind of come back. They they ironed out the errors before there was even errors. Right. Yes. That's yeah. I I got to say though the Destiny lore is just an amazing amazing thing. Yeah, and, and dancing's actually talking about too. Yeah, he's like you know <clears throat> the logarithm's still online. As long as the logarithm for the Vex is still online, all of these air quote entities within the Vex are gonna exist. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to the Vex, and this is what Veru's saying is, when it comes to the Vex, it's their installations they've built that matters, not the the bosses. In air quotes mm-hmm. on that one. The Vex don't have identities; the building structures do, and that's where okay. you get like the the Radialarian fluid is is the vex that's that's their strength and their weakness is because mm-hmm. in the same way that like I, I love how i keep referring back to halo when it comes to bungee games <laughs> but like within halo you have the hunters and the logoku worms they are a yeah. high they're they're like one hunter is not a single entity it's a colony of entities that work mm-hmm. together to to form a, an immense monster of power um if you don't eradicate all the Logoku worms, they're technically capable of recreating. I mean, it, it's not common, but they can actually recreate the colony. Mm-hmm. Same way with the Radiolarian fluid. If you don't destroy all the Radiolarian fluid, the Vex are programmable. Like, I mean, they, they basically are programmed to do certain things. Mm-hmm. So, and then those structures, like the Vault of Glass, like if you look at the Vault of Glass within Atheon's throne room, the pyramids that are very, very iconic of the Vault of Glass, those are all components within the computer that is the entirety of the Vault of Glass. That's mm-hmm. the importance of all the all these worlds that the Vex owning being primarily silicate. Silicate mm-hmm. is an amazing processor for information because it forms into basically glass, and glass is very good at transferring information via light. So you you form a silicate solid. That is what that entire throne room. If you look at like the different um, crystalline structures of the uh, the pyramid thing, that is what each one of those columns of quartz is basically comprised of. Is that's a transitory um, channel for the radiolarian fluid to transmit information through, which is okay. why it's a. Which is why it's a conflux of all the like that is it's it's a it's literally a conflux of every piece of information from the vex. Yeah, that the uh, what is it? I so there's something you said about Atheon not actually being totally destroyed, and mm-hmm. that's actually well, something and, I wasn't made aware of. I thought we'd well, actually and, kind of done the same thing what we did at the Undying Mind, where we just kind of kept going in there and like you know how many times we have to teach you this lesson, old man. Right. Well, and I mean, in a, and in a way, I mean, you're you're not wrong. Like you're you're mm-hmm. not wrong because 
Atheon, like it's it's the um yeah, and, and Veru is kind of talking about this too. Is like you know the radiolarian fluid isn't just inside the combat frame that we or the the construction frame because Vex. That's the other thing that Vex, like that boggles my mind is all the frames of the Vex that we've encountered. None of them are warrior frames. They're all construction frames. Which I'm sorry, I'm still on the the hill of like, well, what does that mean if the Vex ever make a warrior frame? Like that just terrifies Seriously. me. All the yeah, mm-hmm. like it just. Um, but yeah, and, and that's what Viru is talking about is like all the very all the radiolarian fluid is not in those frames. There's radiolarian fluid everywhere in the inside of Vex structure. So you can't like without basically burning and salting the earth upon which it stands, you're not going to destroy everything. So sure, we, we destroyed a a component of the Atheon logarithm. Okay. But it wasn't it it didn't in and it probably invoked some system failures. But it wasn't mm-hmm. a critical failure because the vault of glass is still standing. So, gotcha. like, you can re like they can recreate the component. Like, I mean, I'm trying to trying to transcend. Like, you can patch an, an equation to a point where if a variable ne- neutralizes a different piece of it, you can reverse that neutralization. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does yes. that? Okay, I'm like, there, I'm, like I'm talking, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm talking with my hands too, which everyone on live stream will see this, but like everyone on the podcast won't see this. I'm like, I'm making circles. I'm like, you know, there's like, Atheon is a part of the equation that is the vault of glass. Atheon, I mean, there there's a sub logarithm or sub query within the the overall query that is the Vex network that is Atheon. All we okay. did was we we infected one particular node of that logarithm. You know, within within information or within data information or business intelligence we do this a lot but we we are very good or we can do this as well we just neutralize that component and then just replace it with another component like i mean that's not subqueries are a dime a dozen and mm-hmm. so that's where you get into the sense of like your sub mines and your um access mines and stuff like that access mines are very important because they're a node through which a lot of information flows but they're not they're not um irreplaceable like they are they're all components that can be replaced by another instance of that access mine like there there's which is really weird for for us as individuals to think about because you know that concept is very foreign to us but it's it's basically a pure hive mentality like there are no at least as far as it's kind of been explained so far in the game, or at least as far as I understand it, there's no true individual entity within the Vex. There are individual chassis that host portions of the Radiolarian colony, but that is in and of itself only a component or a cog within the greater machine. There's no, like, there's no, like, um, Oh, that's Bob. You know, that's no, it's, it's, oh, that's my, you know, that's a, the equivalent of a toenail. Like, that's why the Vex don't really seem to be worried when a specific individual or a specific chassis or a specific access mind is destroyed. They just mm-hmm. replace it because they have 50 billion of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to circle back to the infant forest thing, what, uh, and to add to what you're talking about, the, uh, I would say that the siege, the siege of Saint Fourteen into the Infinite Forest, and how he spent you know, years and years and years 
fighting the Vex, and it took them um, centuries in order to build a mind to try to even understand yeah. his paracausal signature. And but to, they to managed it. His life. Yes, they, they managed, managed it. It was over a great period of time. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it took them a long time, but they and and what that and I actually like that because what it does show is that e- like it shows that the guardians are not like omnipotent in that in that sense like given enough time even the vex who are bound by you know in their own way they are bound by a certain limitation of logic and of uh geometrical understanding um they were able to come to a comprehension now they they were able to come to a comprehension and i think it was called out too that it was very specific to his spectrum of the light Mm -hmm. like their their solution for saint 14 is not applicable to any other guardian because it was only his that they were able to neutralize which was like it was like okay well whoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah <And> somebody's gonna <laughs> you know you know uh beat you so much you know you would hopefully find a, a strategy and it's 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 that they studied him so intensely through all of his destruction if they managed to actually find uh to bring us back down to what they understand, you know, a binary choice between, you know, can we, we take his light? Can we capture it? Can we actually, you know, uh, right. Kill him? Oh and yeah. The respect well, and that's, point. yeah. And that's what Viru, Viru said in, you know, that's where the, the concept of the attrition war that the Vex and the Cabal are fighting mm-hmm. on Mars. That's where it gets really scary because you start thinking about, okay, well, it, you know, they did that to a guardian, you know, and that's very saying a computational race program to adapt and learn fighting a hopeless battle against the disciplined warfaring race. That's a very bad thing in an attrition. War. Like is, <laughs> that's the immovable yeah. object meets the unstoppable force. Like that's oh, not yeah. going to end well. No, it's, and I, 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 I have to say that the Vex themselves is probably the most, like, just the deepest out of all the races, because we know so much, but also, like, almost nothing about them. Yeah, and I think, like, that's where I think a lot of times, you know, the the theories with the Vex are so crazy, I think, is because exactly that. We know, we know, like, the Vex, as they stand today, but we know next to nothing about their origin, whereas, like, the other races, I mean... Every every race is kind of similar. We we know where they are today, but not much. But like you know, all the other races are very comparable to our own understanding, like our real understanding of reality. Like a cabal, the hive, and the forsake or the uh, the forsaken, the the uh, fallen, even the scorn to a degree, they're all individuals. Like they they don't operate in a hive mentality, whereas the vex are completely alien to our understanding of reality like because they don't they don't exist on an individual level of existence they exist in a in a like in in a hive like they, it's a complete a network basically mm. and the best way and i mean i think that's where like a lot of the feeling of unease with the vex comes from is because they will gladly sacrifice you know you know bob the goblin because to them it's not they're not sacrificing anything they're using a they're using a, a tool to complete a task like that's not you know the the sense of the sense of an importance of a existence is not the same with that type of mentality and that's mm-hmm. where like again 
when Osiris was challenged with it and he was like, no, this is bad. Like this, these guys are terrifying. These, the darkness, like this is worse than the darkness. Like the darkness is bad. Sure. Ignore that for two seconds because we need to make sure that these things do not get a, any head start. Like we need to put them down now. Yeah. Like um, the, the darkness and the light are like uh, the forces of nature in a way, but the Vex are in over consuming um, almost like a plague. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm getting werewolf the apocalypse vibes. <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh. White wolf. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I, I think like we, we could probably go for a long while on this, but um, within like within season of arrivals, you know, with Mercury being sunset and, all that is all is that is contained within especially duress and egress which explains you know kind of the preparation steps that we've taken for that process um you know i'm going to be interested to see the development of the vex's storyline going forward within like with especially with beyond light because we're about to add a whole new undefined variable into this mixture with the the embracing of you know guardians embracing a new basically a new element um which i'm i'm I'm, I'm just curious how they're going to i say this very gently because it's not going to mean what i think it's going to come across as but there is going to be a degree of soft retconning because if they introduce a new base element into the universe i don't under i'm not sure how they're going to introduce that in a way that makes sense because the base elements of arc solar and void are basic building blocks of the, of the existence of reality. So Mm -hmm. if stasis is an, if stasis is a component on the same level as those four, um, and that very, very is right there with, I'm, I'm, I was just about to say that stasis is potentially something that either the Vex are natively aware of native to, um, or there's going to be I'm, I'm just curious how the vex are going to react to the introduction of guardians wielding stasis mm-hmm. um because it's uh, either going to be it's either going to be what or it's going to be mm-hmm. ah so you finally found that <laughs> yeah right um yeah and the the, the the stasis i i feel like my personal theory on it would be the absence of energy itself um it's what life would be like if there wasn't, you know, heat or power or, you know, um, dark matter and gravitation, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It'd be like the literal just halt, the, 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 the embodiment of nothingness, I suppose. You could say. Right. But I mean, I guess my, my challenge to that is that's, that's similar to what void, I mean, void is not, but mm-hmm. void is the nothingness under existence. Like there's, there's a, there's a description of like the cycle of um let me grab it real quick there's a description of like arc arc starts the solar which then burns to void which then is sparked back into arc and so my question is like in in this three-point cycle that we have stasis would almost seem to exist between void and arc because it's like the void is what's left after the solar is burned or the solar is consumed so there's void and then stasis is after the void has can like you know, it's the the bridge between void and arc, and I'm like, which I mean, I I'm curious just how they're gonna 
you know, explain the cycle. Because, like, if it's an elemental underlying of the existence of the universe within Destiny, it's got to fit in there somehow. Mm-hmm. Unless we're going to, like, go a full spin foil way down the rabbit hole of reality and multiverse hopping, which is just going to hurt my brain. <laughs> uh-huh. But... Yeah, and I mean, and there's there's a lot of possibilities for that particular thing. But I, I mean, I also could see. I'm just I'm just curious how the the Vex are going to react. That's that's one of the things that it's been popping in my head is like, how are we going to do this? Like, how how is everyone else going to react to us being like, hey hey, we got ice powers, and then it's going to be like, wait what? Like, we're... <laughs> yeah, hello, all right, cool. I guess yeah, it's like, I'm like hey, hang on. So, but I think I mean I. I don't think without going down too much more rabbit holes, we're gonna get um, much more on Mercury. Mercury is, I mean, like Mercury as kind of like a closing remark for me, at least. Mercury is. I, I agree with you on your your comments earlier about the Curse of Osiris DLC. Like, I I know a lot of people said that it was a dry period, a dry lull, or a lull, and you know all this stuff. But I think that really. And this is me coming from someone, or this is coming from someone who is used to really getting a lot of my interest in the game outside of actual playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Curse of Osiris is actually a lot of revelation because there was a lot of things that were revealed about Mercury and specifically the Vex that explained and further opened doors to what was going on with them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Mercury, as as the staging point for that DLC, I think Mercury was very, very much a bridge to something much bigger. Um, not only okay. that, but I mean, you also see that with the Infinite Forest and with the Sundial. Um, but within lore, especially, Mercury seems to be a very important component within the Vex because of the placement of the different components on, si- on site within Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's... It- but like uh, I also seeing what Faru put as well, it's it was exactly what we needed at the time it was because Destiny Two at the end of the Red War and everything like that, it was just okay. Well, I guess here we are, and right, there were yeah. you know stories from the Grimoire, but it's like you know there was nothing leading into it, anything that. But I feel like you know using Saint Fourteen and Osiris as you know a stepping stone into okay, so this is why this planet matters. This is what they've been doing. And it shows us, okay, there's a lot more going on behind the curtain that not even the Vanguard know that um, get out there and let's figure out, you know, what's coming. What what can we do to defend ourselves or be better prepared for larger threats? Yeah. No, yeah. And I mean, I think that... <laughs> Neo, I love that. Um, I, think, I think that that is... Or I, I think that's the thing is like... Stepping stones can be seen as rather dull, but they are 100% necessary to continuing stories. Like, I, I, And mm-hmm. I think that Mercury and the Curse of Osiris was definitely a very grounded and very necessary stepping stone that mm-hmm. led to the further furthering of the story within the, the, the overarching universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, I, really, I really do. Um, but that all being said... Uh, <laughs> Just a, another round of shout outs for for the advanced session. Uh, Snake, can you also, in addition to your shout outs, can you also remind everyone where we can where we can find you so we can make sure that people can find you? Uh, sure, absolutely. Um, uh, you can find me at Snake231K at uh, on Twitter, on Twitch, YouTube Gaming, 
PlayStation, pretty much anywhere. You can type my name. I'm sure I'll come up. Um, and I generally just try to make the world of Destiny as exciting and interesting as I possibly can. Cool. And then do you have any shout outs specifically? Um, I, I hope that uh, I'll be able to uh, keep working with you guys. I'm looking very much forward to it. Perfect. Cool. Well, and just, you know, again, from from us, we really appreciate uh, for those who are in the live chat, you know, this we, we had to reschedule at the last minute um, and Snake was extremely gracious with that. And we we just, you know, first off, thank you for being so flexible with your time. Um, and then also thank you so much for being willing to jump on. We always appreciate having different people and d- their perspectives brought into the conversation. Um, I know it's, it's a crazy thought, but just because there's a new perspective, it doesn't mean it's a bad perspective. I, I really, exactly. It's, um, it's, it's a conversation guys. Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I, I would have to say that is lacking in my life, except for, you know, like my cousin or my sister, you know, close family who've been playing this game almost as much as I have, is being able to talk about this with other people, finding like-minded individuals who actually pay attention to just the, the deep roots that almost every planet or enemy or named figure um, you come across. It's, it's, it's nice to, to, again, yeah, like you said, talk with people from different perspectives. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's and that's. I mean, not to to push the focus fire community, but that's really the reason we started that whole thing. Was it was just it, it? The internet's a crazy place, and it's really nice, but there is also really some difficult things to find. And one of those difficult things to find is a place where you can just ask questions and not get attacked. <laughs> so that's why we did that um and so it's just it's it's nice when we get a chance to get when we get a chance for people to jump on and and experience that because the questions that we get asked you know like like i mean well for example the whole d1 theory about the vex like i never even thought about that um Mm -hmm. mostly because i just you know it just never crossed my mind um but like now i'm gonna now i'm gonna spend the rest of the night looking that up (laughs) and mm-hmm. get in trouble probably for not sleeping but you know that's that's the that's the name of the game is, is that's, that's finding the finding the new rabbit holes to get in trouble for exploring but mm-hmm. <laughs> as always uh everyone thank you for your time and until next time remember with wisdom we conquer stand strong stand tall and keep exploring with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focused fire chat links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on itunes as well so until next time focus your fire and may your light shine bright you've been listening to a robots radio podcast smart shows for interesting people check out all the shows at robotsradio.net